Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the From the Finney podcast with me, Jake. Me, Dan. And me, Jimmy. In this episode of the pod, we're going to be discussing the suspension of the football season due to coronavirus, what it could mean for North End, and we'll finish with a little PNE quiz that you can all play along with at home as well. Are we good? Yeah, not bad. Good. Are you good, Jimmy? I'm bored, mate. Yeah, same. What are we going to do? No, what are we going to yeah. do? It's nice to have you back on, Dan. Oh, thank you. It's nice to be back. Right. Oh, it's been a while. Yeah, it has. Oh, that was a bit loud. Yeah, it has, but yeah. I want to, um, anyone listening that fancies coming on, I want to try and mix up the guests over the next few weeks, seeing as there's no football. If you fancy it, then just drop us a, a DM on Facebook or Twitter and we can talk about sorting something out and getting you on. But just just while we're on the podcast, I think obviously there's not, not a lot going on. We'll try and keep putting stuff out as often as we can, but it might just be that we're doing a pod every other week or every three weeks or something like that. And yeah, got a three hours of John Parkin audio, so I'll get all that edited. I'll probably put that into three-hour-long episodes and put that out as well. So just try and keep things just trickling out, just to keep you all entertained as best we can. Um, but, yeah, coronavirus is... Yeah, it's a bit of a problem, isn't it, at the minute? Yeah, it's just brought everything to a grinding halt. Mm. I think the um, I think they've made the right decision. I think they could have made it earlier, personally. I think they should have made it earlier. Yeah, given what's happened in Spain and France, I think everyone's well ahead of the curve. But I think that's politics in general, really, in the yeah. UK. I think we're we're so far behind what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know some people were disappointed with the decision and how late it, I suppose, came. But it should have been made earlier. It's the right decision because end of the yeah. day, you can't mess with people's health and people's lives. Unfortunately, or fortunately, to be fair, what I'm saying not for, but you know, you could, you've got to put people's health first. Mm. Um, you know football you know as much as we make a joke about it it isn't a matter of life and death but this virus seems to be a matter of life and death and it, it shouldn't you know we've got to do the right thing for everybody it's not just about you know us three sat here it's about the wider population and we have got quite an older fan base at times as well let's, yeah. let's be honest you know we have got quite a high proportion of us of our supporters that you know are probably over 60 mm. so uh, i mean we've got to look after them uh, and i know we'll have listeners that are over 60 as well but we've got to do the right thing for everybody yeah it's i think it's about being sensible and 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 using your head and just just thinking before you act sometimes um you know like like you said you've got to think about everyone here it's not 
it's not a time to be selfish and think, well, I'll be all right if I get it. So I'm going to go out and do this, that, and the other. It's about just common sense. And and if you're one of the people that's also been out buying all the bug rolls, stop because I can't find any anywhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I went out to get some uh, just some disinfectant wipes for the kitchen the other day from Wilco's, and they were completely gone. Yeah. Just people are, people are going absolutely mad with it. I'm not sure I'd want to be wiping my ass with one of them though. Oh yeah, no. I mean, just, <laughs> yeah. Mate, it's scary, like, because obviously I work in retail, and you know, I, I look after a, a large number of shops in my role, and yeah. you know, off a lot of different faces, but I've never seen anything like it. And I've worked in retail for, for coming up to thirteen years, and I've never known it like this. This is like Christmas, but worse. It's Christmas yeah. without the staff, mm. and you know, people are just going silly and. For goodness sake, you know, and I've seen some pretty shocking things as well, you know, like staff being abused and stuff. It's like, you know, these guys on the tills and stuff, they're, they're, it's not their fault that everybody's buying no. stuff. You know, give them a break. You know, they're getting paid minimal money to get abused. It's just wrong. And, yeah. you know, I think if you're one of those people that's having a, having a pop at people in a shop, then let's be honest, they can't do anything about it. You know, you, you need to look at the selfish people within society that are deciding to take, you know, more than their need mm-hmm. um you know a lot of retailers are you know are acting on it but it's... i saw aldi put something out on social media this morning saying that they're limiting customers to uh i think it was four four of any item yeah, four of any item, yeah. Four even that probably. i think is probably a bit too too much still i think you could limit people to two of every item really and well i mean if, from aldi if you got four 24 packs of bog roll you got or is it 96 yeah it's just too much isn't it yeah they've already limited bog roll you know stuff like that aren't they it's i think the retailers are doing the right thing it's just a shame they, they just seem completely lack of you know they just seem unsupported from government more than anything you know but yeah it does that, it does feel like the government uh um what's the right word missing hiding well, yeah yeah i, I mean you, I you look at to blow over as much as anything it's not think, going away it's like I, it's, it's, I know. it's not I think there's been that attitude since sort of mid-January when it started to come out that it'd go away a little bit like swine flu, and to be to yeah. be honest, that's why that's why I thought at first as well. But the government still seemed to be sort of hanging back and seeing if it goes away without them having really to step forward. Yeah, he needs to book his ideas up, but we've, we've stuck with him for four years. But yeah. this will, you know. That, that's, a, that's a whole other podcast, probably not even ours. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's that's definitely not our podcast. <laughs> Uh, uh, there's, there's probably podcasts out there that you can listen to that might support you on that but mm. I, I, I'm not getting on my high horse today yeah. <laughs> no I don't think it's the time or well it's definitely not the time and it's That's definitely not, not the place nah. um, yeah so the, I mean looking at looking at the wider picture obviously again the the decision to basically suspend the football season I think like you said Jimmy I think it came too late you know you look at La Liga um, Liga and the Bundesliga the Champions League all had made a decision in in ample time and our government again not to come back onto the government too much just didn't really seem to do anything and it fell on the organisations but I don't think it fell on that if if Arteta hadn't got ill and Hudson Odoi hadn't got ill on Thursday, no, night, uh, that's I what I mean. Say. It fell on the organisations to make a decision, and even though yeah. they ended up getting to the point that they made the right decision eventually, um, you're not telling me that the, the Premier League wouldn't have been aware that 
Arteta either had been tested and was awaiting the result or had tested positive. Because no sooner than the Premier League had put their statement out saying that the games are going to go ahead, I think it was like 20 minutes, half an hour later, Arsenal released a statement saying that he, he tested positive. You're not telling me the Premier League didn't know, A, that he was being tested, or B, that he'd had a positive result come back. Yeah. Um, I think the Premier League were, were reacting on what the government had said. I, 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 you know what? They might not have known, you know. They might not have known. Yeah, they might not have done, but... Clubs might want to keep that in-house, especially if it's just... If it came back negative as well, you don't want to put the cat amongst the pigeons straight away, but it's like Everton, Leicester, Watford, Bournemouth. There's a lot of other clubs that it's affected. Uh, yeah. It took until Friday to come out, but I, I think it's probably a little bit negligent by the government more than anything in terms of not suspending sports straight away. I mean, we had National League games yesterday, you know, games at lower leagues as well. I know we're both involved in grassroots football, Jake, and yeah. our leagues are all off. You know, and I sat on the committee of a league and we called it off straight away on Friday. Yeah. As soon as wider football got suspended, that's it. You know, we're not... Because you can't put people's health at risk. And no. I, I think it's... I mean, we're, we're still training at the minute, but I, I'd give that a couple of weeks and I think that'll be... Yeah. That'll be off. Um, oh. Which, you know, like we said, it's a shame, but at the minute it's about the wider picture, isn't it? It's about... It's about, it's about having the right priorities. Like yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know if you read Jurgen Klopp's statement the other day. I saw bits of it, yeah. Yeah, it's just, he said, basically, if one life can be saved by having a having a behind closed doors or calling a game off, then it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, sound, it, it sounds silly to have to vocally agree with, but, of course, he's right. <laughs> mm. And as as we mentioned before about the, the panic buying, you know, it's situations like this that yeah. it's evident that common sense isn't used at, at times and I think as far as the football season's concerned personally I can't see it restarting at all this season um, I think it, it is it around May June they're expecting the virus to peak yeah I think it's, I think it's June yeah you know like without going into too much detail or mentioning things that I think you might come on to Jimmy it would just be a logistical nightmare to get that amount of games played in such a short space of time. Um, and then you've got issues with contracts. You know, I think all players' contracts expire on the 30th of June, is it? Yeah. So if it, if it does overrun, then what happens there? Uh, well, I mean, I know UEFA are having something of a crisis meeting with football stakeholders on Tuesday, I think it is. Again, why Tuesday? Why not yeah. Why not do it sooner? But um, there's going to be representatives there for clubs and players. So I think the players' contracts are going to be um, uh, part of the discussions there. Mm-hmm. So we'll know probably more in due course. Obviously, like you say, why it's waiting until Tuesday, I've got no idea. But no. It's typical of UEFA though, and and football in general, being reactive rather than proactive. You know, you yeah. look at mm. the league, you look at the, the teams, the, the clubs, the leagues even that have postponed already. They're being they're being proactive about it because they're thinking, you know, we've got to do something now before it's too late. Yeah. Um. You know, this UEFA meeting should have already happened. Personally, mm. you know, I know they've postponed the Champions League for next week, and I'll see. It's a funny one, isn't it? 
because it's never happened before and it is a, a massively unprecedented event mm. you don't actually know what what's going to happen you know could football be start again behind closed doors at the start of April but then you you're risking the players you know especially yeah, and the club staff and all that sort yeah. of stuff mm. yeah exactly because you, you know you look at the entourages of each football club that there is you know you've got coaches physios doctors kit men you know uh, data analysts the, the yeah. whole thing the whole well, works, last, last really? season if you saw when Man City got presented the trophy at Brighton and they had that guard of honour for all the staff there was there was probably nearly a hundred people. I, I know that's not going to be the same at every every club, but yeah. If we look at us, you know, we've got you know nutritionists, fitness coaches. Mm. Uh, God, what else we've got? You know, it's like the chefs and everything at the training ground, the cleaners. Yeah. You know, yeah. these are all people that are actually being exposed to the players on a day to day basis. Yeah. You know, and then you've got obviously a club's media team. You know, secretary. You know, the office staff, commercial teams. There's, there's such there's so many people who work for a football club, you know, and it's affecting a lot of people at this moment in time in terms of nobody knows what's going to happen. And and I suppose that's the the uniqueness of this situation is that we could sit here and say what might happen, but nobody's got a clue. Yeah. You know, it I, I, yeah. The nature of it being completely unprecedented, there being absolutely no protocol for it as got everyone a little bit confused i think i'd hate to think what it's like um i mean they've not been efficient in dealing with it but i'd hate to think what it's like to work for uefa at the moment it's probably a little bit headless chicken yeah Um, absolutely and the other thing is obviously you know the fa's constitutional league rules you know it says that competitions got end by the end of may because the new season then starts at the first of july you know the ad june is a bit of a a rest month so to speak for summer to win see you know for the way the season's run and i just don't i don't know it's just gonna be a complete rip up of the rule book and starting again really in terms of that because you know especially with them looking at potentially moving the euros to december i think i read today uh oh, is that what six months or even a year i just think even that, if you move that to december like that that's going to disrupt the season isn't it well it might give well, us uh it might give us the opportunity to finally implement a winter break True. But even then, what do you do with this season? Yeah. Like, and, this, and again, and again the, con- the contracts become an issue. Yeah. But, yeah, you never know, do you? Because, for example, what happens with Declan Rudd? You know, so, so for example, say our season extends to August. We've got a keeper that's out of contract in, at the end of June. Mm. You know, what? You know, say our final game of the season is in second week in July or something like that, if it does get extended, what the hell happens then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you get the opportunity to buy out, to to bring in out of contract players. That that's a mess in itself. Yeah. You automatically extend their contract for twelve months, and even then, there'll be legal implications behind that. I think it's just because it is such an unprecedented situation, and nobody knows what's going to happen. It's just hard to it's hard to say, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think there is going to have to be an element of you just rip up the rule book and start again. Mm. Uh. Um, maybe it's an opportunity to implement some new rules. Yeah, I, mean, I can't imagine that the, there's a lot that have been updated from back in the day. Like, mm. seeing as there's no precedent, I mean, it. I need somebody to grab it by the scruff of the neck and set a precedent mm-hmm. for if this ever happens again as well. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't trust anyone in those key decisions, especially within the EFL and the FA, to be able to do 
right thing. And that's the right thing for fans, not just the players and, and teams, because let's be honest, the, the FA and the EFL are, are focused on the money side of things more than anything. Mm. Uh, they've let a club die this season. So, that, you know, can the EFL actually be trusted to do the right thing? Well, probably not, in all honesty. Um, you know, there's there's all this stuff going on at Charlton now. Just another example of how farcical their fit and proper owners test is. Yeah. And not for the first time we've seen that either. Yeah, you can read you can read my piece on my Twitter about Steve Dale, the owner of Berry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a guy that's now at Charlton that was involved with Steve Dale at Berry. Yeah. Is it it's one of the chairman's friends, isn't it? Because mm. this this majority shareholder at Charlton, I know we're going off a little bit topic going off topic a little bit. But um he's um he's resigned from the board, hasn't he? This team or whatever his name is. Or what? Yeah, that Tanoon chap. Yeah. Tahunima, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little bit off topic, but it's again, it, it's kind of still related that, yeah. you know, like, like, I... like you said, Jimmy, they all they seem arsed about is the money, but they're quite happy to let clubs die as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, in terms of the finances piece, you know, they had, um, who else was on radio yesterday? I listened to Port Vale's chairman um, or chair lady. Um, there's a couple of others, you know. Obviously, a lot of Accrington, Andy Holt's been quite vocal. Dan McCann, Peter Biscuit, been quite vocal on Twitter. You know, these clubs rely on the money from match days. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, Mark Palios, it was as well, the Tramier chairman. He was yeah. on Five Live, I think it were. And, you know, is there going to be support for these clubs that are not going to get income? You know, like the support for, you know, just everyday businesses. It's, you know, are the FA just going to turn a blind eye to it because it doesn't affect the top 20? You know, Probably. Because mm. you know, Brighton are doing some great things in terms of paying all their casual staff. You know, even though they're not working, mm. they're still paying them. Um, but you know, a team like a Grimsby or a, a Stevenage or you know a Morecambe, for example, because they're already in financial difficulty. Yeah. What are they going to do? You know, and I think you know the the whole promotion and relegation situation as well. You know, they're on about potentially just, just promoting West Brom and Leeds. Oh, how fucking convenient. Yeah, I'd send that. That was on BBC this morning, wasn't it, I think? Let's just let's just promote the two teams that have got, you know, already plenty of money behind them and have got a bit of a, a presence. But then what, yeah. what do you do about the relegation? Like, you've got Villa, who I think have got a game in hand. Mm. Um, no, they're on about just keeping it 22 teams, aren't they? So just promoting them two and just leaving the lads in the playoffs and just keeping those three teams still in the league. You know, so whoever's yeah. in the bottom three at the minute. So just scrapping relegation, but because if you relegate the three teams in the bottom three at the minute without a full season being played, you're probably asking for a legal battle because mm. what's to say those t- three teams would have gone down? Mm. And it's like that, that Karen Brady. I mean, West Ham fans hate Karen Brady anyway, right? Yeah. And she's just, you know, she's just a businesswoman. She's yeah. not asked about me or, or what football's like in general. No. She's not even asked about West Ham fans. You know, she's just worried about lining her pocket. Mm. You know, and fully behind everything that we're, you know, I don't have much time for West Ham as a club, but I'm fully behind what their supporters are doing in terms of the boycott and the, the protest that they're launching against Gold and Sullivan and Brady because they are just, they just have the money. Yeah, that's and, all it is, isn't it? Yeah. Football's not just about money. And yeah, I know it's all well and good me saying that when you've got teams like Man City who've got, you know, a shape behind them and, and 
pumping money into the league. But Man City are also doing a lot in the community and they're doing a lot of right things as well, you know, despite having all this money, you know, investing in the infrastructure around the Etihad and Eastlands because it was just a dump. Yeah, areas like um, areas like Ashton and that sort of eastern side of Manchester have developed massively recently. Yeah. And it's, it's since Man City. Yeah, it's predominantly down to the money that Shape Monsieur has invested. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. It it just there's got to be more to the decisions that the people make, especially the FA and the EFL, than money. You know. We've just they've just got to make the right decision, and what that right decision is, no one knows really at the minute. I don't think. What can you do? What, what can you do? Can you extend the season to December if needs be, and, and play right through? Because mm. the season might not start until September, October. Yeah. If, you know, if it if it does at all. Yeah. yeah. What do you do about What do you do about the FA Cup? You know, Champions League, mm. Europa League places. Yeah. I I'd, I'd probably say the contracts are the biggest issue for a lot of clubs because I mean we might not be too affected. I know Rudd's out of contract and Tom Clark as well. I mean we'll come on to it a bit more in the second part, but it's yeah. it's definitely a big issue and and you know there's clubs lower down lower down the leagues who they might have a youngster that is out of contract that they they would maybe be able to get a bit of money for and if if it was to just end. In fact, no, because there's a Bosman ruling in there, so I suspect that'd still apply. Yeah, yeah but, but it's teams like more, you know, teams like Morecambe or you know your League Two sides that tend to have a bit of a an overhaul each summer, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of getting players yeah. in on free transfers, giving them a one-year deal, and then they move on. Yeah, you know, what happens to teams like, but what happens to the players as well? You know, Declan Wood must be in bloody disarray at the minute. He's already in disarray by all accounts in terms of obviously not knowing what he's doing next season. But this mm-hmm. just adds, you know, mm-hmm. even more. I suppose ambiguity to the situation because yeah. he mustn't have a clue. We don't have a clue as fans. The club probably don't have a clue either. The FA and the EFL are clueless anyway. So it's just a situation that yeah. none of us have ever been in before, and hopefully none of us ever have to get into again. But you know, it just shows how fragile the world and football can be when mm. one illness can completely take over. Mm. And these things tend to come from what I've read in in uh, decadely cycles, if that's even a phrase. Um, I think the last one happened um, around 2008, was it, with SARS? And then there was one, I think, at the start of the century around 2000, was it, as well? So I think it just goes to show how being so negligent as a lot of countries have been, i.e. Italy, who I think have one of the top five best healthcare systems in the world, and they're absolutely on their knees because of just thinking, well, it's not going to affect us, so we'll just carry on in our in our daily life. Yeah. So there's nothing to say that it wouldn't come around again. I mean, you could argue that we've been fortunate that we've not been in this position before. Mm. That's my concern more than anything. The fact that it's because it is such an unprecedented situation, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm. And yeah, and I mean, SARS SARS affected obviously a lot of people. But you know, you look at Ebola and other sort of critical illnesses that have been spread as a virus. But nothing's come as global so quickly as this has. No, this is you know probably not since the Spanish flu in nineteen nineteen was it? You know, so they say it's, yeah. 
I'm saying that, you know, for in the past hundred years, this has probably been the worst sort of global epidemic in terms of illness that there's been. And yeah, I suppose football was probably nowhere. Well, it wasn't anywhere near as big as it is. It's no. definitely nowhere near as commercial as it is now. No. Um, and I think we've just got to do the right thing for it. Yeah, I think I think if anything as well, this has to be an opportunity for, like we said, the likes of the EFL and the FA and whatnot to put things in place that if something like this was to happen again, that we're better prepared for it as a football community um, than, than we have been this time around. Yeah, I agree. Um, right, I think that's probably a good time for a brew break, boys. Cool. Right, sound. Cheers for that. Hi, this is John Parkin, and you're listening to From the Finney Podcast. part two of the from the finney podcast in this part of the pod we'll talk about some potential connotations for north end and we'll finish with a, a pne quiz that you can all play along with uh, you might want to get a pen and paper for that but that's up to you um yeah so obviously from a, from a north end point of view this whole situation there's potential for players to come back who who've been out injured depending on when the season does restart um i think seds has written a piece in the lep today about pearson obviously i think neil said on thursday that he was ahead of schedule or words to that effect um but then you've got the issue of yeah you can come back and be fit but although i suppose everyone will be in the same boat there'll be a lack of match fitness um just said to Dan then when on the break, um, it's probably the right time to give the players a little bit of a break as well because yeah. we have, you know, a few players have been crying out for a break, and I know I've mentioned about Maguire on numerous occasions probably needing a break. This is perfect for, yeah, you know, I, I know it's not a perfect situation, but it's let's take, you know, we could quite easily take advantage advantage of this. Mm. If, there's, know, if there's positive to take out of it, it's that, isn't it? Yeah, get your players back up. You know, get get them a bit of a break. You know, let them have a week or two. You know, week ten days off, yeah. and then you know the Huddersfield game, whether it be played or be played behind closed doors, it's yet to be seen, obviously. But you know, it allows you to actually get a bit of a break in. Yeah. Um, you know, Pearson was back on the grass yesterday. There's a picture of him knocking about, just doing a bit one to one training with the physio. Yeah. So I think that was on Friday afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah, there was one yesterday. Um, I think it was Kerry Francis who put it on Twitter. Was yeah, it was, it was Friday that I because um, I included it in my piece. That's on ah, the right. website. Losing track uh, of days, Yeah, but... it was. It was Kerry Francis. So yeah. if you want to follow Kerry on Twitter, it's just at PNAFC Tom seventeen. So a little shout out there. Yeah. So um, yeah, obviously it's good that he's back out on the grass, and you know, if yeah. I just gives gives us an opportunity to rest a few of the tired legs, you know, especially after QPR and it has been a, a very was. intense season, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's been it's because and then end of the day, that's when we've been at our best when we've been playing intense football and we've mm. been playing at a high tempo and that's going to take take it out of the players, you know, yeah. over the course of a season and we've probably seen that over the past five games. Um, so let's try and use it to our advantage. Hopefully, we're back to 
a little bit of normality in April, it's not going to happen in my eyes. But, you know, and even if that's behind closed doors, then I think the season's got to finish some, one way or the other. Another. But how it finishes, I don't know. Mm. Um, but let's just hope it finishes. Well, just just on a point that you made in the first half, would would you think would you feel that it would be a bad thing if the Premier League was extended to twenty two teams because it would reduce the amount of games we have to play in a season? Not necessarily, because they're still doing a bit promotion. They still be promoting other teams upwards, won't they? I thought because what what does a commentary do? And you know the top of the league one yeah. at the minute, they just stay in League One. Yeah, true. Uh, there be there be implications on that. Um, I, I... That's, with any sort of restructure, it's going to affect all seven major tiers, isn't it? And yeah. if it only happens for one season, what do you do the season after? Relegate five teams? Yeah. So I mean, it's just, I don't think they can go to 22 teams because they've got to do something that's long lasting rather than a, a one season wonder. Yeah. Um, because Cause... imagine that five teams going down at the Premier League. And then what does that mean for us? Does that mean five teams going to drop into League One? Yeah, madness in that. The last, the last thing the EFL needs is to be accused of not being prepared for another situation. Yeah, because you'd you'd think that um, like transition processes for restructuring the leagues in place, no matter what the situation was that caused it. Yeah, and the other thing is they'd have to get votes from the, the Premier League clubs because the Premier League is a, is a separate business to the EFL. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'd have to get uh, you know I think it's seventy five percent member majority vote to agree to that change. Mm. The other thing is, you have you know, Klopp and Guardiola and all these managers that are too focused on playing in Europe moaning already that they've got too many games because they have a 30-game yeah, season. You you might say, a, you might say. Yeah, well, you, you go to a 42-game season, is it? If you've yeah. got an extra 22 teams. So that's an extra <laughs> four, four games. Do they scrap the Carling Cup or Carabao Cup, whatever it's called now? Yeah. Because they're on about that anyway. I like Moses' idea, mate. British Cup. I'd quite like, like a, I don't know, a Livingston away or something like that, or a, a new Saints at home. Mm. I think it's the a British uh, Cup in place of a European Cup or Car- in place Carabao. of like the Carling Cup. Carabao. I think yeah. I think the Scottish Cup invites like four teams from English lower leagues sometimes, so it's been done. Yeah, the National League, um, League of Ireland and League of Wales. Yeah, because I think it was Sutton against was it the New Saints or something like that in like the last sixteen. Mm. Then you had, you know, air against Bohemians. It, you know, it sounds like a yeah. Be, I think like, that'd be quite be a good idea. Yeah. In fairness, yeah, it'd be an all right jolly, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. If we had a yeah. Scottish away day, you know, as a as a cup game, but again, that's going to be midweek. So would would we really get people going? So because the Scottish cup, that, that Scottish League Cup, um, is for it's for teams outside the top flight, isn't it? It's like their version of um, the Duda. The Johnson's Paint or whatever it's called now. That's it, yeah. yeah. See. The Leasing.com trophy. Oh, God. God, it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, if it keeps B teams out of it, then, you know, I'm all for that. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the I think the main thing that everybody has to bear in mind for like any sort of restructuring is that if a situation does arise where it becomes necessary, there's no answer that's going to please 100% of teams. There's going to be some that are left yeah. fuming by it. That's that's the other yeah. thing, isn't it, that you got to remember that you're never going to please everyone in this situation, whatever the outcome. I think that's why Simon Stone, the BBC um, chief sports writer or something, I think he is, 
he just he's seems to keep reiterating that the preference would be to finish the season in any way possible, but then there's the overhanging problems that we talked about in part one, so the contracts and such like. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a difficult situation, isn't it? I mm. mean I'd I'd love to sit here and propose a solution, but I don't think like, like like we said, there's so many different potentials yeah. that could happen, and you just never with with whichever outcome, whether you promote the top two teams and don't relegate anyone, or you freeze this, you finish the season now with no promotions or relegations, or you go to a behind closed doors thing to end the season, you're just never going to please anyone. So I think in that instance, it's about finding a solution which pleases the majority. Mm. Yeah. Um, so from a PNE point of view on the contract situation, obviously, like we said, there's like Tom Clark, Declan Rudd. Um, I think there's a couple more as well that are out of contract. Uh, I mean, there's there's ones that I don't think are really going to affect us, like uh, Michael Crow and Matt Hudson. Yeah, uh, well, from speaking to Matt Hudson, he seems to think he's going to be going out on loan next season. So I don't know if he's maybe got an option in his contract and the club are going to extend it for for a final year. But... Then I think the, the 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 wider conversation from our point of view comes down to the likes of Alan Brown, Ben Davis, uh, Daniel Johnson, Ben Pearson, um, yeah. who the players that are going into the last year who de- who'd probably be going in the summer. Yeah, the the club for me have got two options there. Do they do they take the chance and not sell them and and give it another go next season? De- considering what's happened this season or will Trevor Hemmings just be like no I want to cash in try and get some some kind of money into the club the um, issue I've got with this Jake is when can they cash in because what's to say that the season doesn't end until October and then a window as such doesn't open until November December do you, the window, it, do you think the window would be pushed back in that case I, I don't think I, I don't think they've got much choice I think if, if the season hasn't ended then they can't open the window eight games before the end of the season. No, it's mm. not. Yeah, I, true. I, but that's that's if that's if they're confident of being able to get a restart. Yeah. Like, know, yeah. If, if they just can the season, if it gets to the end of April and they're like, do you know what, we're not going to be able to carry on here, we'll we'll finish the season. Then you would imagine that the window would carry on as normal. Yeah, yeah. I think this this week will probably give a little bit of clarity on the situation once UEFA have their meeting the Premier League having another meeting tomorrow aren't they is it by video or something yeah uh, I think oh, the EFL having another meeting as well yeah the EFL having another meeting so it's I think we'll we'll probably know more by Friday yeah. about what's going to happen um, yeah. in terms of football wise obviously there's more there is more important things on football at the moment but mm-hmm. um, yeah it's going to be um an interesting week. Let's just put it that way. I think, I mean, I think you know, this time next week we'll, we'll probably know a little bit more. Um, we might, it might, it might be even more cloudy. Um, you, you just yeah, don't. Could know, go the you. other way, couldn't it? <laughs> so I don't, you know, I think that that's the that's the whole nature of this situation, though. We just don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting, and let's just hope people stay safe and stay healthy and. Look out for one another and, and just use use common sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just before we get on to your quiz, then Jimmy. Yeah. Um, obviously, we spoke about yesterday. I think it was maybe doing 
obviously, like I said at the start, we're, we're going to be sort of short on what content we can produce. Um, but one idea that you suggested yesterday, and this this goes out to anyone that's listening that wants to kind of, in a way, be on the podcast without being on the podcast, um, that we thought of doing was if you were to send in some voice notes, um, you can email them or you can send them on social media, on Facebook or Twitter, just send in your voice notes with any questions um, and we can do a kind of podcast where we maybe have 10, 10 fans sending in voice notes so we include that recording in the podcast and we'll answer it and we can make a podcast around that. So if you wanted to do that, by all means, send us send us something over social media or email us. Um, you can email things to fromthefinney.gmail.com. Again, we're inviting people. If, the, if you want to come and write for the website, we've got like a history section that you can write, write about some footballing memories, supporting North End, or if you want to do an analysis of anything or write an opinion piece, uh yeah feel free to to get in touch about that as well so yeah, yeah. asking for your contributions yeah basically well yeah. at the end of the day it's, a, it's everyone's podcast isn't it and i think yeah, if you're, exactly if you're the guys listening to the podcast you know mm. you know get involved you know say mm. what you want to hear even if you want us to cover like a topic or something then let's be fair we're probably gonna have a little bit of time for our hands yeah. compared yeah. to normal Especially on a Saturday afternoon between three and five, when we're, we're usually otherwise engaged. And yeah. yesterday, I got dragged around Dunnell Mill and Deep Dell Retail Park, oh, and there's only so many weekends I can do that. I'll be honest with you. I'm nursing a hangover today, so I think that requires no explanation as to what I did yesterday. Fair play. Yeah, yeah. I was I was at uh, the national wedding show in uh, in near Trafford Centre yesterday. I don't envy you, Dan. I do no, not I mean, yeah. I can think of probably, you know, I think DW's part sounds like a nice option compared yeah. to that. <laughs> having, having recently got married, it's my wedding anniversary in three weeks on the oh, 6th yeah. of April. So, yeah, having just recently got married, I don't envy you having to go through all that. It was an absolute ball ache for two years. Yeah. The wedding was brilliant. I had a class day, but yeah. everything that came before it was just a pain. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't envy you at all, Dan. And I say that in confidence, knowing that my missus won't be listening to this because she absolutely <laughs> despises football. So yeah, right. If this does take off, we'll get we'll get a jingle. I think it'd be good to get a jingle. But yeah, the the inaugural quiz. Right, the from the Finney seven question quiz episode seven one. Seven question quiz. See Finney seven. I thought that was quite a good. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, come on, there's there's brains up here. <laughs> so, um, right. So, um, I've taken inspiration from this. So, if anyone's listened to Radio One or Radio X and heard the Monday Night Pub Quiz on a Tuesday morning, or you're a bit of a podcast geek, you can listen to the crappy quiz on Off the Ball. Um, shout out to the Irish listeners. Um, they have quite a bit of good, decent North End content from time to time with our Irish players, but. Basically, that's like Islands Five Live, and um, so that's where my inspiration to this is from. So, it's seven questions. I'll ask the questions. We'll go the, the answers at the end. So, Jay, Dan, note your answers down because we'll come on to them at the end. Uh-huh. Um, so, all the questions this week are loosely related to Preston and the playoffs. Right. There's a maximum of sixteen points on offer. So, some of the questions have got more points than others because right. there's more answers. Um, no prize for the winner this week however if you do want to sponsor the lads and provide a prize and feel free um, <laughs> yeah or, if, it, if this if this becomes a regular thing we could maybe 
look at sorting out a sponsor for the quiz. Yeah. But um, yeah, guys at home, feel free to tweet us to let us know how you got on compared to the boys. Um, so two things, boys. You need a pen and a, probably a, a little bit of a scrap piece of paper or some somewhere you can make notes. So we'll go through this at the end. All right. I've got my mum's notebook. I've got one of my mum's coaching pens as well. If anyone wants some running coaching, um, check out ID Coaching on Facebook. It's my mum's little side business. Um, she's a bit bit savage, but if you want to improve your running or if you've got a 10K or something like that, then, yeah, ID Coaching. Yep, definitely. So two, some little bits of uh, housekeeping rules. No cheating, no Googling, and definitely no conferring. Right. Right, Sam. Right. So, question one is for one point. So, the last time that Preston got to the Championship playoff final was in the 2004 uh, season under Billy Davis. That season, Preston played Derby three times consecutively at the end of the season. And in the final league game, Preston lost 3 1 at Pride Park to finish fifth in the league behind Derby in fourth. But my question is who scored for Preston in the final league game of the season at Pride Park? Oh, Jesus. God, I'm trying to think of our squad back then. Um... So we've played them three times, played them twice in the playoffs. Obviously, um, the, the game at Deepdale ended 2-0 and the game at their place ended 0-0, but we actually got beat 3-1 at Pride Park. So who scored for North End that day? I'm trying to think who, who was in our playoff squad. Yeah, so it was somebody in that squad. Um... I'll let you note down your answer. Right. Question number two. So, two points on offer for this question. Ridiculously, the same thing happened the season after. And we played Leeds three times in a row at the end of the season. So, obviously, we um, lost in the playoffs that season to Leeds. <clears throat> but in the final league game of the season, who scored Preston's two goals in the 2-0 win against Leeds at Deepdale? So, this is 2006. Hmm. Oh, see, it wasn't going to be an easy quiz. <laughs> no, you're right. It's not. They do get slightly easy. I'll be honest with you. First, I tried to keep it with a playoff theme this week. Well, play, loosely playoff theme. Are we ready for question three? Two thousand six. Um, played Leeds. We won two 0 at home in the league game, and then we. Drew won a piece at Allen Road, didn't we, in the playoffs? And then obviously the night of the yeah. floodlights. Yeah. I still right, think some, something went wrong that night. No. So, anyway, question three. So, speaking of Leeds, Preston have an unenviable record at Ellen Road, winning what just once in the league down 14 visits since 1961. But can you name the four Preston scorers that scored the night of the famous 6 4 game in 2010? Oh. Easy. Four different scorers. Point for each. Bollocks. Ah. Easy one. That's an easy one. See, I told you they'd get easier. Yeah. Ready? Oh, I can't Question remember the last one. Ah, oh. uh, see, this is, where it's, this is where a quiz is good form. Bollocks, right, go on. Next question. So, question number four is for five points this time. Our record at Leeds hasn't been helped by six separate Preston red cards in games since that night in 2010. Which five players have seen red in action against Leeds 
since 2010. This does include the one cup game red card. So five different players have been responsible for six red cards. Oh, I can only think. I can only think of two. Yeah, I can only think of two as well. Probably the same two. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm knackered with that one. Cool. That, Question number five. Is that specifically at Ellen Road? No, there is one at Deepdale and the rest. Oh no, two at Deepdale and three at Ellen Road. Oh, I've got a third. Yeah, same. <laughs> I thought you meant Ellen Road. No, uh, there's a uh, <laughs> three away. Oh, Question number five. The last time Preston reached the championship playoffs was 2009 under Alan Irving, falling 2-1 on aggregate to Sheffield United in the playoffs. That season, Preston had two players which scored more than 10 goals. Who were they? Point for each. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so he scored more than ten that season. We had, two, we had two players who scored more than ten goals that season. I think one's a decent shout. Uh, I've got one. And the other one I'm not entirely sure about. I think I might have absolutely tanked this, lads. <laughs> absolutely biffed it. I don't know what that is. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? No. Right, yeah, I've got my two. I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain with one. I'm not sure on the other. The other one is just a guess. Okay, that's fine. So, question number six. In two, so in that season, which team won the championship? Oh fuck me! So two. 2008-2009, Which team won the championship when we? Uh... Failed to Sheffield United in the playoffs. Was that the season after? Ah. Oh. Season after, wasn't it? You're thinking this one, aren't it? I'm, I'm scribbling one out. That sounds a bit weird. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> and your last question, boys and girls at home. Uh, finally question number seven so when Preston returned to the second tier in 2015 after their only victory in the playoffs who was the top scorer in the first season back in the championship sorry what was that under Simon Grayson yeah so when Preston returned to the second tier in 2015 after their only victory in the playoffs who was the top scorer in the first victory in the playoff final so after the so the first season back in the championship who was our top scorer that season? I think I think I'm alright with that one. So the 2015-16 season. Um. Oh. Got a couple, but I can't decide. Who? In fact, I'm not even sure one of them actually played for us that season, or if it was the season after. Um, I'll let you scribble an answer down, mate. 
Yeah, right. Right, that's right. So we'll go back through the answers. So, question one. Um, who scored for Preston in the final league game of the season at Pride Park in the 2004-2005 season? I did not have a clue. I've gone with Grezza. You've gone with Grezza. Incorrect. Jake? I didn't have a clue either, but I've guessed Patrick Adjumang. Correct. For one point. Well I, done. I, I, put, I, put, shout. I put Richard Creswell. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, I can see and that. And then scribbled it out because I, I, I wasn't sure if he actually still played for us at that point. What a shout. I can't believe Adjumang played for us then. I, yeah. thought he, I thought he came a lot later. No, Adjumang was, uh, was just subbing the playoff final, weren't he? Yeah. What if he came on? Oh. Oh. So then the season after, um, <clears throat> see, we won 2-0 at home to Leeds. Um, do you remember the two scorers? Yeah, you're going to go first? So two, two scorers? I thought you said it was one guy person who scored twice. No, no, there's two different scorers. Oh, right, point. no. Um, I'm, cha- I'm just adding one in then, sorry. Yeah. So, fine. my guesses were Danny Dicchio and Brett Ormerod. I've gone, I've gone Danny Dicchio and Adam Noland. Ooh, so, Adam Dan, Noland. Dan, you're incorrect on both. Oh, Jay, you, you've one point, Jay. You, Brett Ormerod was the scorer. Brett Ormerod. Alongside Brian Stock. Brian Stock. Stock. Bloody hell. I'm pretty sure it was it was either a penalty or it was a worldie. I, it was, I can't uh, remember the game. I, I remember it was a right-footed uh, curler into the bottom corner from edge of the box. That, I, remember, I remember it now. That was it. And he was left-footed, weren't he? Yeah. Do you, so, remember, him getting, do you remember him getting sent off for having Waterloo when we played them in the cup? No. That was a good night. <laughs> Callum Robinson scored a hat-trick. Brian Stock got sent off. No, the Brian Stock was well before that. Callum Robert, that was only that was under Simon Grayson. Yeah, no, no, he got sent off for Havent and Waterlooville. Oh, for Havent and Waterlooville, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm thinking then, I don't remember him getting sent off for them. Anyway, right, moving on. So the three, the, sorry, the four scorers we won six four at Leeds. Easy this one. Go on then. I've I've only got three, but go on then. In order, parking hat trick, Tracy direct from a corner, Callum yeah. Davidson penalty, Ian Hume header. Fucking correct. I was only talking I was talking to John Parkin about that two weeks ago and, and he said about the Callum Davidson penalty. He wanted to take it because he was on his hat trick. Of course he was, yeah. Um Callum said, No, I'm the penalty taker. I'm having it. <laughs> Which one did you miss out, Jake? I missed out Callum Davidson, so I have John Parkin, Ian Hume, Keith Tracy. Yeah. So three out of four, not bad. And then the next question. So we've had six players. We've had six sendings off from five different players uh, since 2010 against Leeds. Can you name the five? Uh, no. I've, I've got Pickford, Ledson, and Pearson. But I don't uh, know. I've got Pearson, Pearson, Alan Brown, Jordan Pickford. Forgot about Alan. Ledson. Alan Brown is also incorrect. Is he? He got sent yep. off in, in the cup again. Oh, no, that was Newcastle. No, that was Newcastle. Ah, oh, bollocks. So the five players were Jordan Pickford in the 1-0 away defeat, Jermaine Beckford in the 4-1 defeat on Boxing Day. Oh, he kicked, what's his name, in the face? When, he, when, he, came, when he got sent off literally two minutes after coming on. Yeah. Alex Baptiste in the 3-0 defeat. Alex Baptiste in the 3-0 defeat away. They went on to score another two, I think, that day. I think he got sent off at 1-0. Yeah. 
Yeah. I can't believe how badly I've screwed up with that. I was I was absolutely in my head. I was like, Alan Brown is nailed on. Yeah. And then it was Newcastle not lead. <laughs> yeah. Ledson obviously in that when he's decided to kung fu kick someone pretty much, and then yeah. uh, Ben Pearson twice nil nil away from home, and then the two nil defeat. Uh, to do two nil defeat at Deepdale last year. Patrick Bamford down, didn't they? Do I get uh, two points from Ben Pearson then? No, there's only one point for each name, unfortunately. Sorry. Stop trying to swindle points, Dan. (laughs) So, question five Who were the two players um, to score more than 10 goals the last time we got to the Championship playoffs? So, for me, I've got one that I think is right. And then the other one is just a guess. So I've gone with John Parkin and Chris Brown. I've gone John Parkin and Neil Mellor. Dan, you're spot on. Oh, John Parkin and oh. Neil Mellor is correct. Forgot. John Parkin is one of them. So. Completely forgot about Mellors. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to go for Chris Brown as well. Yeah, it was. I think Brown got about six. Yeah. Um, There's quite a few on like seven and eights as well. Yeah. Parkin got 11, Mellor got 10. So... Which team won the championship that season? I was tossing up between either Sheffield United or Reading. I couldn't, um, I couldn't remember whether this was the year QPR pissed it or whether it was the year Reading pissed it, and I've gone with Reading. I've gone with but, Reading as well. Well, you're both wrong, it was Wolves. Oh, so, oh shit. Um, so that's that one. And then well, at least last we question. both didn't get that one right. Yeah. <laughs> last question. Who was the top scorer the first year back in the championship? Uh, DJ, wasn't it? Yeah. Who have you got, Jake? I've got DJ. I put McGeady first, but I've scribbled him out because I wasn't sure if he played for us that season or the season after and put DJ. The season after, I think. Again, scribbled out there. You're both correct. It was DJ with uh, seven goals in the Championship and one in the League Cup. Yeah. They were all quite early on as well, weren't they? Because he was the only person who scored for us for the first, like, ten games of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I'm just talking about four, seven, nine, ten for Dan. And uh, nine for Jake. So, uh, well done, Dan. You're this week's winner. Well done, mate. If you've got more than um, if you've got more than Dan on ten at home, then well done. Um, I didn't have to use my uh, three spare questions, so I'll use them next week, hopefully. So, um, yeah, that was the uh, the first edition from of the uh, from the Finney seven question quiz. So, um, I hope you enjoyed it. Any feedback? Let me know. Yeah, I enjoyed that thoroughly. Yeah. Do you want to be the one that hosts it every week, Jimmy, and does comes up with the questions? Or... Oh yeah, yeah, it gives me something to do, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, what's his name? He presents Mastermind. I, I prefer the guy off QI. What was he called? Stephen Fry. Oh, Stephen Fry. <laughs> oh, I'm fuming with that. It was the um, the two Leeds questions that killed you, mate. Yeah. yeah. Shit the bed. Forgetting Callum Davidson's penalty as well. I know. Yeah. When I when I when I when you said I got. Patrick Hadjiman right I was like oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on I'm on to one here I'm on yeah, to one and it's I, just I, collapsed from I there I thought I was in trouble because I can't remember anything before 2010 or any details anyway <laughs> absolutely fallen apart a bit like Nightmare. our season mate <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah unless either of you have got any final points then we'll call that a pod yeah that's cool there mate let us Brilliant. know we'll uh, hopefully do episode 2 of the quiz coming soon yeah I mean if, if we are stuck for any content, we'll just we'll just do a quiz episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, give me, give me a week to prepare. We'll do a have, twenty question have, quiz. Have a bumper one. In fact, yeah, we'll do that. If next next week's episode, we'll just do a twenty question quiz. Give me uh, something to 
think about on the way to work or however yeah. you listen to the pod. Yeah, right. Cool. That's next week's episode sorted then. 20 question quiz. Sound. Sweet. Right. Cheers, boys. Thank you very much. Uh, Thanks, thank mate. you, listener, for listening to episode 36 of the From the Finney podcast. Uh, as I say at the end of every episode, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can find the pod. I'm sure you've all got your usual places that you go to, but we should be available pretty much everywhere now. Um, if you want to get in touch with us about anything that we've spoken about, coming on the pod, um, voice notes, writing for the website, anything like that, you can email us or DM us on social media. The email address is just from the finney at gmail.com. And finally, thank you very much, boys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, mate. Stay, stay safe, everyone. Nice one. Yeah. Wash your hands 20 seconds. <laughs>